We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the True Faith Podcast. This is your host, Adam Widrington. I'm joined in the True Faith studio by regulars Ben Wade. Hello, Adam. And Alex Hurst. Hello, listeners. Fresh from Hamburg, Germany, Alex. Yeah, Hamburg, Germany, not as good as St. James's Park was uh, last night. Now, what about half six, seven o'clock when that game finished? Full house, allegedly, uh, at St. James's Park, and absolutely brilliant win. It's like, I'm, I'll never go to a home game again if if it can be that good. If you could just stay away, that would be that would be pretty good. Cheers, mate. Um, go go back to Hamburg. But, but what, you know, in, in a game where it was, you know, Bruce versus Solskjaer, two managers hugely under pressure, it was Steve Bruce, of all people, who came out victorious. Just just how huge a turning point could this be, Ben, in our season? How big is this result for Steve Bruce and Newcastle United? It could be massive, I think. Um, he's finally <laughs> stumbled across a team that um, worked really well Um more coherent than any of the teams that he's put together and I think there's a there's more potential in, in this 11 um, that he, he, he put out last night that you can see actually getting some success. I think the issues we've had in a lot of the games before now is they've been uh, very lacklustre, there's not been any sort of cohesion in terms of the way the teams have played um, and they've just it, it's been sort of bit parts, a few players looking okay but um, it's, it's not really come together at any stage and yet um, stick two brothers in the centre of the park and, and it's solved all our issues basically by the looks of it um, I think you have to give a lot of credit to those two um, obviously uh, all the plaudits from, from the media has been about them too and um, obviously Matty coming in for his first start massive occasion I mean Man U at home first game I mean I know it's it's a, it's not the Man U we know um, but it's but still, it's still, Man it's still the, the pressure of it and um, obviously you hear him talking after the game stuff he was still absolutely buzzing and it, it's quite refreshing to have that sort of um, naivety I guess in, in terms of a sort of a local like boy who doesn't he looks completely out of place in terms of sort of the um, egos and things that you normally expect from footballers He's, he just looks like a down, down to earth lad and I think that um, temperament for him probably helped him bucket loads in terms of he just played with loads of energy and, and that's what you sort of get from him um, it's, a, it's a huge huge result for Bruce just because it's obviously it's a win it gets fans back on side it's a big it's a big scalp um and as I say I think it's he's, he's he'll have seen enough last night to think we've got some bits here where we, we can hurt teams now Maximam looked brilliant I thought Almiron actually probably had one of his poorer games but we know what he can do 
Um, and we've now got a centre midfield field partnership that looks to be able to transition to both both ends of the pitch. So um, I think that's probably the biggest thing you'll take out of that is that he's, he's found found a midfield pair and that can get into games. And it is a scalp, and it's probably a scalp that Steve Bruce had, you know, sort of penciled in as one that if he if he was to get one that that would be that would be the big one from Alex. Just he made a, you know, Steve made a lot of big calls in that starting lineup. Just, you know, how, how how did you feel about them before the game and how did you feel about them after the game? He made a lot of he made a lot of very impressive calls and Ben, I, I'm sure you didn't mean it like this when you say he stumbled onto the correct lineup. Um you know, but that that was that was kind of almost an inspired team selection and, and we have criticized Steve Bruce and I've criticized Steve Bruce a lot this season and I stand by all of that criticism. But you also have to give credit where it's due and the selection of Kieran Clark there were very few Newcastle fans, if any, who would have thought, fight for this game, what we need to do is change Paul Dumb for Kieran, Kieran Clark. Kieran Clark, far more comfortable in possession. You know, the, the last home game in particular against Brighton, when the back three of Dummett, Lascelles and Cher just, just couldn't hang on to the ball. You know, so much pressure placed on Cher as that one ball-carrying centre-back. Bringing in Clark for this game was a brilliant, brilliant call. And is Kieran Clark the best player Castle's ever seen no, but by God, he did a job yesterday. The selection of Longstaff, I'll not lie. Oh, just on Clark, it's almost as if he's been like trained what to do for two or three years by like a super coach or something. Yeah, yeah he has, but <laughs> like that, you know, I, I personally, I would have played Fernandez, and you know, maybe Fernandez would have had good, a good game. But when you make big calls, like dropping Paul Dummett, popular player in the team, done fine this season, that's a big call to make. And if it goes badly, if Kieran Clark knocks one is one is on net or gets sent off, everyone jumps on you and. You know, Adam, you asked me about what I thought before the game. I thought the selection of Longstaff pre-game seemed desperate. Um, to throw a 19-year-old uh, in for his debut when he hasn't played a single minute of Premier League football. It's not like you've been bringing him through. And I, I, I saw the quote, I was watching it in on my phone um, in a shopping centre in Hamburg alone. Um, <laughs> That's so yeah, sad. Um, and... Uh, I saw his quote pre-game about we brought him in because we need legs in midfield. I just thought, what a load of bollocks! That's just a ridiculous term. But he was absolutely spot on. We had a player, legs. we had a player in midfield who was able to press, able to nick possession, and then also get up in support with the attacking counter-attacking players. And you saw he did that for the goal, and he covered more ground than anyone. And see, Bruce on this occasion was proved like emphatically correct. Um, so you know there will be times probably where we criticise him again because this this result hasn't fixed everything. We've still only scored five goals in four games, but we can park that for a couple of weeks now, and we can look ahead to Chelsea, and we can have the international break. And I talked about this in the last international break. Rarely as Newcastle fans, these October September international breaks rarely have there been anything other than just kind of tiresome and disastrous, and going into them with bad results. You know, fair play to Steve Bruce, fair play to the players. That's a massive win, and they deserve all the credit in the world. Absolutely, I, I you know, I, I thought he got the setup of it bang on. Um, I was having a um, bit of a Twitter chat with um, Chris Woff, um, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, just before the game, and he was talking about the, you know, the the, the inside forwards that we had in terms of Almiron and San Maximan, and the fact that the, the wing backs and how you know. You know, Bruce was going to impose this counter-attacking football, which he would absolutely has to do against, you know, a team, regardless of how good or poor this Man United team is. They're extremely comfortable in possession, far more than we will ever be. So at least 
we know that we know our limitations there and if we are set up to do the for the counterattack then that's something that we know we are capable of it's within our it's feasible it's you know it's it's a realistic approach to take and with the addition of Yedlin as well and i thought that was such a key um select you know you've got you know craft mankio probably a more i mean you'd like to say just more kind of conservative kind of sound yeah they're a bit it's a bit less of a a risk whereas yedlin you know what you get with yedlin probably almost exactly the same as you get with villems on the other side you know you're not necessarily going to get defensive solidity with those players but what they do provide is they they the pace that they have the raw athleticism that they both um have can get up the pitch to support an otherwise isolated attacking front three that we've seen for weeks has just been struggling. We haven't even, we haven't, you know, we we, we counter-attacked essentially once properly against Liverpool and we, we managed to score. We did it once against Spurs and we managed to score. You know, it's not, that doesn't necessarily mean it's working, but we saw so much yesterday that that suddenly there was a, there was a game plan there, there was balance there and we could see what they wanted to do. Now it was funny in the, in the, in the opening few minutes we we were really I don't you're gonna laugh at this uh, phrase we were really on the front foot um, and we we just came out of the traps and yeah, it was yeah. almost like we probably we we went in that game probably not expecting to have a lot of possession and we you know in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things in terms of the game we didn't but that opening few minutes we were peppering them we had corner we had we were in a corner in the first minute you know and that was sort of it really set the tone it really got the crowd going and I think that really helped and you know. The, what you're saying about Matty Longstaff there in terms of like, you know, he's got legs, but this is exactly what we've been missing for, for games. You know, the, the fact that we just don't get up in people's faces, the fact that we don't show any energy or willing or enthusiasm to sort of grab a game by the, you know, Sam Maximan's a kind of player when he, when he came on as a sub, he grabbed the game by the scruff and again, neck against Brighton and he tried, he tried to make things happen out of absolutely nothing because he knew it was, it was just flat otherwise. And Matty Longstaff did that in a similar way, in a, in a more kind of conservative defensive kind of way, but he did not give any Manchester United midfielder any time on the ball to decide what they were going to do. He was up in the face and what he did, I felt drove the rest of the team to do the same. He was the one that kept that energy high and the energy went out into the stands as well. Can I just, uh, to echo a number of points you've made that the goal was absolutely brilliant, not just for the finish, which I'm sure we'll come on to and we'll talk about. Um, I, I really like the way that Steve Bruce calls them the brothers, just like, not the Longstaff <laughs> brothers, just the brothers, <laughs> but the younger of the brothers, the finish was brilliant, but the actual goal itself, you talk about fullbacks, you talk about the impact that they have in terms of attacking in, in Liverpool and stuff. The fact that Jetro Williams is where he is is, is hilarious. Like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, but it's brilliant. It's same as the goal at Liverpool. And for, can I just give a... We're going to talk about Almiron a little bit more later, I think. But first of all, Almiron picks the ball up from a Man United corner and I'm thinking, get it up, get it away. He beats is it Fred. He beats him. He drops a shoulder. He gets on the byline. And so he's not just looking to, to boot it. He's not just looking to, to get clear or get into touch. And it's a brilliant ball. And you know, when you say good teams play... And whenever the, their clearances turn into attacks because because they're able to find the player and their positioning's correct. The ball is brilliant to St. Maximan. He turns, he doesn't look backwards, he turns and he runs and he drives. And Jetro's been played hilariously onside by Rojo, I think, as Adam <laughs> reminded me before. And then 
you know, there were quite a few counter-attacks before that in the second half where it fizzled out because we kept going forwards, we kept going forwards. But actually, they waited. There was nothing on in the box, really. Mm. And Just he's, had a bit he's, of composure. He's, he's, what, he passed it back to St. Maximan, who then, you know, he, we saw earlier in the season some snapshots from the edge of the box that went miles wide. But no, he waits. There's the legs arriving. That's Steve Bruce, to be fair, to him, talked about. And it went in. And that was a... Not just the finish, like I said, that was a quality counter-attacking goal of the highest order. And if when we can score goals from opposition corners, we're in business. I, I agree, and I don't think we've scored a better counter-attacking goal since we beat Southampton three 0 and um, Kennedy tapped it in from that. One, that was from a that was from a Southampton corner. Lamina swiped it. Gale was involved. Kennedy was involved and uh, finished it off, and that was superb. But it, we haven't seen it. That honestly, you're right. That Almiron ball to San Maximan wasn't on it, it it simply wasn't on it wasn't an option you think it was just like oh we'll just get it up the pitch but it wasn't it was measured and the fact that it was San Maximan by the time he passed that out wide to, to Willems he would just he was just great to find that space and great to get up the desire of Willems to to get up that yeah. to get up there and support was phenomenal and we don't we of course we don't score that goal without him and at the time that Sam Maximan releases Willems, he's got like he's he's got four Manchester United players around him. And he, by the way, this hasn't re- really been picked up. He hilariously puts one of them on the floor, like one of the Man United players overcommits so much. Like mate, he's got no left foot, mate. Like you don't need to like, commit. He's going to shoot with his left foot. It's always going to cut. Like I'm not a defender of football, but I know that in that situation, yeah. Derek Willems is going to cut back onto his right foot. Watch it again, listeners. Well, the foot. I mean, the well, yeah. Let's. Indulge in the goal a bit more. Um, Jetro Willems, we saw a bit of his footwork trickery. I saw it from the the stands in Anfield when he when he fired that rocket past Adrian, and he showed that he's capable of doing it again. He beats two he beats two men with his with his footwork, really tight technique. Like that's that's really impressive stuff. And he sort of led on his right foot as well, which that's his, that's his unnatural foot. Just it was the composure to stop at that point after you've beaten two men who re- were still really close to you inside the box, look up, and just a perfectly weighted ball that that Matty Longstaff can catch just on the slight outside of his foot with a bit of backspin on it. It just like it was. Ju- it just managed to drive it past. Well, it was just low and hard. Just one point before we get Ben's thoughts on it. Fair play to Saint Maximan who did in Islam Slamani against Huddersfield a couple of years ago, so we knew he was offside. In fact, it's hilarious. Like, if you watch the goal again, so two two things, listener. One, you need to see who Jetro Williams puts on his arse and let one know. And two, St. Maximum, when he doesn't get played in by Williams, just runs into the goal for some reason. No, no, no. Somebody, <laughs> no he gets a push. Does he get a push? No, so, so I was watching Match of the Day 2 last night, and I, and I, I missed it, and then I, I, I purposely rewound it back because I wanted to see how just he how he ended up yeah. in that net. But it was, <laughs> but he, he he went to go for like, he thought that Villains might have sort of put it across the face of goal, but then the, the defender gave him a cheeky nudge, which means he went flying into the net. But like, whether he... I mean, he, he does. He does stay. He does yeah. stay and watch it and make sure because if he re-enters the field of play, they're likely being called offside. Yeah. Some tit at VAR headquarters <laughs> will be all over that. Um, How can we disallow yeah. this? How we... So fair, fair play to him as well. Obviously, that was a, a crucial moment. I mean, it's you've got to give a lot of credit for the strike as well. I mean, obviously, the given the the conditions, obviously it was a sleek pitch. Obviously, been raining all day. Um, he, he could have quite easily sort of panicked and and just gone for power and, and put it anywhere straight down the keeper's throat or whatever but it, he's he's hit across it and, and kept it low and uh, it's in the corner like it's an unbelievable strike um, 
how, how say, about just, them just celebrations on their own as well? I know, unbelievable. I um, just say three cleaner strikes at St James's Park this season have all been by a 19 year old lad who's <laughs> played about five minutes of first team football. His goal against um, St Etienne so was an absolute me. tremendous screamer. That shot, shot the, the shot in the first half, the technique on it is, yeah. is I incredible. I don't know how he gets so much dip on it for Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Only 20, and then 20 odd yards out. Like you say, the goal, that, that's, you know, a lot of, some of the efforts we've seen from his, <laughs> his colleagues in, uh, in other games, you know, they could learn a lot. You know, they should have a Matty Longstaff masterclass. Shoot, shooting technique. R- r- running and shooting, just yeah. the dream. But I mean, <laughs> the, but this is it because, you know, it's, it wasn't, that, that strike wasn't a fluke. As we saw in the first half, as we saw against Sam at the end, he's, He's just very, very good at long shots, yeah. and that, and what a what a weapon to have in the side of someone who's you know driving from deep. If he is going to be like you know, this kind of could be like a box to box, and he's just arriving late to be able to just like you know, if he gets it just out of his feet, you've got a chance of like at least getting a shot on target or, or worrying a goalkeeper. You know, when was the last time we had like midfielders who? He could consistently do that. I'm not saying, you know, one strike makes him uh, that that player, but it certainly gives him the potential. And yeah, it's, it's that's that's it. It's a great start, and I think if he can grow from this, I mean, if that's the, the sort of the floor level, if if he can go on and and develop his game more, and um, I mean, let's be honest, there was a there was a few passes there where he, he probably chose the wrong option. There was a couple of times where I think he he passed too early when he could have had the time to have a look and, and there were better options. So there's, there's a lot more improvement. But as a first um, performance goes, it's a hell of a market to put down. Um, you can't drop him now. Yeah. You simply can't drop him for the next game. And that is what we saw with his brother. When his brother came in, and again, I, and you know, I don't know whether this is part of the run or done, but I thought, crucially, and as important as Matty's debut was, for Sean Longstaff to be approaching something like his best, the best that we saw last season, was really important. Um, yeah. I know you were talking about centre, centre midfielders in a bit, but I thought his performance shouldn't be over. Well, it will be overshadowed because his little brother was fucking class <laughs> and beat Man United. But I thought his performance was the kind of measured, calm, composed, passing with both feet again, first time passes. You're correct in what you say. In fact, the start of the game reminded me of when we beat them a couple of years ago, one nil and Richie scored. Like within 30 seconds there, Modi Army clatters Paul Pogba. Um, within 30 seconds here, Sean Longstaff goes and like, comfortably dispossesses McTominay and sets up a counter-attack and it's like that set the tone and that you know I think it was match of the day two picked up on um, Fred 50 million pound Fred mm-hmm. um, and his inability on the ball they weren't and, the only ones and, how, and how, how rushed he looked and that's they didn't go into that anymore that's because every time Fred got the ball he's thinking I've got a long staff up my arse like like <laughs> that's the wrong that's the bad phrase but I've got a long staff behind us pressure pressure so even when they weren't he was panicking thinking I thought he was like hobbling off the pitch actually yeah and that explains no, a no, lot no 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 come on <laughs> this is a family show <laughs> apart from all the swearing um, but yeah I, I just thought we, we got into their heads again and even though they had 69% possession it was mostly pointless and, and I think the way that we started the game really, really helped that because we that that first dribble by Sam Maximan where he just drove and you just think you're playing a team who haven't won away for about ten matches or something like that. An awful run, a team really just you know you know low on their confidence, low on their look, and you've got somebody like so positive like Sam Maximan just driving at them. Suddenly, like they, from the first minute, they were like like shit, they're up for this, you know, and the the impact. I mean, it's funny, I'm going to go back to the, what you mentioned earlier, Ben, about this kind of 
stumbling upon this but it kind of was i mean this is this is kind of how the the hayden longstaff thing happened it was it was out of necessity that them that those two players were put together against a manchester city side and you know the rest is kind of history with that because you know they both kind of they kind of made those players they came back you know, Hayden kind of came back from from the from the dead, really, in terms of his Newcastle career. But <laughs> to, to be fair, though, to be fair, Longstaff and Bruce as well this time, Key and Shelby were available. So whilst you are right, that was out of necessity. I have to, I just have to give so much credit to Steve Bruce. And you are right. You're right. It doesn't change my overall opinion of him yet. But this is the right way. This is the right way to go. And that you know, we I questioned him on this podcast and have have done on our extra patron shows like was he kind of mentally up for it and I mean did, did, did he believe that he could affect this football team in a positive way and he's emphatically answered that question with probably the best selection of the Premier League season so far from from any team I mean I think the Matty Longstaff has come in and it's it's a good um, point to make the one with, with Hayden because Hayden when he when he came into the team and when when him and Longstaff have been at the best they're, they're pressing at both side at both ends of the, the pitch they press high and they've because they're both athletic enough Bruce coins it the legs they're, they're fit enough and athletic enough to to play in in both boxes basically what? um and and that's what Longstaff was that's what Matty was able to do I think we probably wouldn't well we wouldn't have had that had he gone with Keo Shelby and it's it's fair play as you say it's fair play to Bruce I mean the reason I say he stumbled is because he hasn't played. Long stuff before now, and, and maybe the team's the st- been a bit chop and changing. Maybe that stumbling is more about well, I've tried Key, I didn't really like yeah. what he gave me. I've tried Shelby, I didn't want to play him in that kind of game. So maybe the stumbling is just trying to find, and that's what football management's about. You know, you're trying to chop and change, you tweak, and until you find that kind of that something clicks in a winning combination, that's 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 where you lay foundations for how you might then push on. And this is what I was saying on the full-time whistle show on, on our YouTube channel is that this can't be another false dawn. We can't let just, you know, you know that we never built on that, that Spurs result and we should have done it was such yeah. an opportunity to, and we didn't, it seems that we need to get an absolute hammer in the week before. And um, it's like Norwich and Leicester have driven these amazing results on, but what we need to do is we need to be able to achieve these without getting a hump in the week before. We need to, we need something more solid, more consistent that we can that we can go on with. But you, Alex, you, you're right in what you're saying. Bruce got it right and deserves the credit. And it was it was a, just a tremendous performance. But I think in terms of um, midfielders, Ben Isaac Hayden uh, got a red card, suspended. Longstaff has come in, taken his chance. Where does where does this leave somebody like Isaac Hayden and the rest of the central midfielders now? I mean, he's he's still got a part to play as a squad. I mean, I don't. You, as good as he's played, you, I'm not sure you're going to be able to rely on a 19 year old all season. So, um, I mean, to be fair, some of the tackles he was flying in the second half for down a yellow card. I thought he might have ended off the pitch at some point, to be honest. Um, but I think it was just that that enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Um, but he. He's, I think Hayden's still got a role to play and hopefully having seen that that performance that'll energise him to say right I've got to fight on because I think as well there's an element of he, he probably felt like he was undroppable um, in terms of that just for whatever reason he does not Bruce does not fancy key no matter what um, and he's obviously he, he was really in a Shelby but that doesn't appear to have worked and doesn't really work so um, it's look it's another option it's another player to come off the bench if we need fresher legs if we do have a game I mean there were periods in that game where we, we did look tired and 
and we 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 lost a bit of energy. Um, but it's it's a it's a nice it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? I think to, to have another another option there. Um, yeah. The the I think Adam, your point with the fullbacks is excellent, and I think that really helps the midfield too. Um, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yesterday is probably more of a, a traditional five four one, you know, line of five, line of four, with your centre foot out of possession. One of the issues I've seen from centre midfield this season, and particularly Hayden, the likes of Kraft and um, Mankio and Richie, even against Arsenal, are so deep, and, and it becomes a flat back five. Yeah. That when you've got the three attacking players ahead of you, all of a sudden those two players don't just have to concentrate on pressing their opponents in midfield, whether that's two or three men. They're out on the right, the right, um, yeah. the right, the left. They're ending up in the right back position, in the right forward position. And, and there's, there's times Hayden's been kind of caught on the right of the pitch, and then there's this massive gap. Brighton in particular, you saw Hayden almost getting forwards, trying to get something going, turning round, and John Joe Shelby's 30 yards back. Whereas yeah. yesterday, we had that those those four midfield with the two wingers who, by the way, worked exceptionally hard. People talk about Almiron dropping him. Um, you know, Saint Maximan is he fit? Is he that? Well, those two players yesterday give everything for the shirt and for Steve Bruce, as did all the players. And the fact that when we were in possession, those two players were able to push up towards Joe Linton. That's the theory, anyway. Mm. You had your fullbacks pushing up, and all of a sudden, um, the two long staffs weren't isolated. They weren't alone in midfield, and that allows them to go and press. The there, was, opposition. there was always that outlet, and that's that's the key thing. And obviously, you were talking about um, Yed Yedlin earlier about sort of the okay, he's not as defensively solid as some of the other ones, but what you know he's got is a lot of pace. And um, obviously, the way Man you were playing with Daniel James and um, and Ashley Young out out there, um, he had the, the the pace to to sort of neutralise that potential threat there, um, but equally turn it on the head. And, and there was a number of attacks that we had where. Yedlin was was getting forward and supporting the play, and as you say, I think one of the issues we've had this season is when Hayden and Longstaff have won the ball back. There's literally nothing on other than going back to your to your three centre backs. Who, when one of them is Jamal Lascelles and the other is Paul Dummett, um, you know the ball's just going back to the opposition. Whereas now you, you've got those outlets where you know Williams is bombing on, and obviously for the goal he did that, and and there were other there were other occasions where he was getting up and. Um, supporting in the attacks and Yedlin equally on the other side as well. So I think just that, again, it's that that word, the energy um, and the, the enthusiasm of, of, of the, the, those two switches um, just really complemented the side again. And as as you say, I mean, we started on fire and I think you've got to give Bruce a bit of credit there um, for the way, obviously, that he prepared the players. And we came out and we, we sort of set our stall out a little bit. We um, Okay, it wasn't a sustained period of, posit- of sort of pressure or anything, but... We 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 showed my new we're here for a fight and almost put it back on them. What are you going to do? And they had nothing, and we we won the game really in terms of sort of um, neutralising. I think potentially they could have come in and seen we we were in low confidence. They were in low confidence. It was going to be who's going to um, have the, the early sort of dominance of the the, the match and, and build confidence in it. And it was us. And and you just saw from from the first minute their midfield weren't up for that game, and um, it just. There were other facets that obviously came came about, but it was just um, a really energetic performance that was lacking at Leicester and, and has been lacking in other games. And it, it, it we've got to, as you say, we've got to grow on this. I wouldn't say it's energy, though there was an abundance of energy. <laughs> it was it was everyone knew what they were doing. Everyone knew their role, and that's the apart from Spurs. It's the first time we've seen it this season. That's the second time we've seen it this season. And I put a tweet out before the game saying we're kind of in a position now with Bruce where. 
it'll be a victory today if we just get that, if we just get a well-drilled team who all know their positions, not players running over the sideline saying this isn't working, not fans like, you know, perplexed in the stand about what's going on. And we did get that yesterday, and that, it, it, it shouldn't be, but it is. That's a major step forward in a home game. And I don't care who you play at home at the minute. We, If we're going to stay in the Premier League this season, we're probably going to have to win seven, eight, nine home games um, because we're so bad away traditionally. Maybe Bruce will sort that, but we are, like even under Rafa, like a genuinely terrible side away from home. Um, so we're going to have to win those home games. And for him to get it right in this game, ahead of the international break, when a lot of his players will be with us for the next two weeks to continue working on that game plan is so important for his long-term future, I think, because if he'd got it wrong yesterday, we would be sat here now saying he has to go, and it wouldn't just be us, it would be a lot of other fans. And this is the idea of, of Connext, and it's, you know, there was journalists after the game, not ones based in the northeast, East, saying, you know, kind of Steve Bruce, there you go type thing. And it's like, well, we've got eight points from eight games. Um, we've played four of the top six, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, Spurs. I know a couple of those teams are going through a tough time, but you know, so what? Um, and and by the time we've played nine games, we'll have played five of the top six, and then we've got Wolves, who are a good side. So we are going through a really difficult spell. Um, that yesterday's result, if it hadn't been achieved against such a poor side, but with a side with a lot of quality players, um, we've kept a clean sheet. Martin Dubravka's not made a save. I said last week we were the easiest team in the league to play against, but we weren't yesterday. Yeah. Were very difficult to break down, very difficult to play against. So there are so many positives to take out of this, and it, it's refreshing to see that us and everyone listeners, Newcastle fan, can have a nice two weeks now. We can watch the highlights. We can click on the Sky Sports app. Other apps are available. Um, <laughs> we can do all these things. We can listen to the podcast. We can sign up to True Faith on Patreon again um, for seven pounds a month ish for extra shows. Nice uh, and it's just it's just nice. And and, and you want to give Steve Bruce lots of credit for that. But the job is far from done. Absolutely. And and you know, let's look at this sort of disciplined shape that we that we displayed, and you could see it in the first half. And it was you could tell that we were gonna we were making it very very difficult. And I you know I noticed you know like you said players like Almiron just being in the right place to make them, to force them to play it back and start again and maybe get it switched over to the other side to see if they could sort of penetrate that side. But no, we had we had, it, we had enough pace and enough discipline and just determination from the, from the players to actually want to protect, you know, the, the, the defence. And when it came down to the defence, when it came to sort of somebody, you know, Marcus Rashford, an incredibly talented young player, has a, a huge future ahead of him. He's, kind of going through a bit of a, a crisis in terms of, you know, is he a winger? Is he a striker? I don't think that he's, <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily being helped by his teammates, but he was anonymous yesterday and that was largely in part uh, to the performance of Fabian Scher. Um, I'll come to you, Alex, because I know you're a big um, advocate of, of, of Scher um, and particularly his performance yesterday. He really, really impressed me yesterday. I think, he, you know, he, he saved at least a couple of almost certain tap-ins within his, around the six-yard box. And he was just, he was just a, a, you know, a, an absolute rock in that defence. And from a player, when he first arrived, who needed to be moulded a bit and needed to be sort of reined in a little bit by, by Rafa Benitez, he's really shown his class to be one of, you know, one of the best of the rest the defenders outside the top six in the Premier League. He's almost as valuable as a striker in certain situations. He said, "Look at the the, go, the 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 miracle goal line clearances that we're seeing more and more regularly." 
you know, that one yesterday where Rashford taps it in and he's managed to, you know, it's like, it was twice yesterday actually when he prevented certain goals. The first half when he headed the ball just over, which is a brave, ballsy thing to do with, with the chance of heading it into your own net. But if he doesn't head that ball, there's two players at the back post to head that in. 1-0 Man United before half-time. Funnily enough, from that corner, he, lo- he lost Maguire, who should have scored. <laughs> but we're just going to ignore that for now because, sh- because shit happens. Um, and uh, he was clearly still probably knackered from it. And then in the second half, that one from 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 Rashford, like you, you're correctly saying, and the- these are kind of as big as goals because without Fabian share this season, I can't say this about any of our other defenders. You kind of think of um, Lascelles at Swansea a couple of years ago, another miracle clearance off the line and win 1-0. Massive away win. That, you know, that... Lascelles' in, impact and influence that season was integral in keeping us up, and Fabian Scher is now that player, and he will get better once Florian Lejeune comes into the team because he will have more freedom. Um, he will have not as much pressure on him. We saw against might, Brighton... Might get his shooting bits back on. Yeah, we saw against Brighton Scher trying to force the issue a lot because it's basically, we know, when he had Hayden and Shelby 40 yards apart from each other and two fullbacks sat on his toes, he was basically trying to miracle balls and stuff like that. Which, which, whilst he's very comfortable on the ball um, and an attacking threat, like you rightly say, um, he, he, you know, we if, if we're going to be successful as a team, we don't need Fabian Scher to be the main creator and the main goal scorer. But even when he's not doing that, he's sa- literally saving goals at the other end, and he wins every header. And he's a bit of a shit house. You know, you want him in your team. He's, he puts his foot in, and he's always kind of niggling away at players. And you know, if because I was watching it on TV. You guys, you know, if you're at the match, you don't see these things. And every single time there's a free kick, one way or the other, involving Fabian Scher, there's niggle <laughs> with the, Like whether he wins a free kick or the player, there's an argument afterwards. Uh. It's all instigated by Fabian Scher. And he's just, like, you got him, you got Matty Longstaff was the same, just always on, like always, just the, right the moment, The moment when he put uh, Fred down on his yeah. backside was <laughs> me and Si were absolutely loving that. It was hilarious. Like, it was Fred a brilliant moment. This is what we need, though. When, when, when need, and then McTonomy like, comes in and he's like, yeah. Do you want? Well, this you is want it. Some? You know, you're talking about sharing Matty Longstaff being like little like Geordie shit houses for us. What I mean, McTominay probably probably took the uh, the uh, the prize for that one yesterday. But uh, yeah, very funny to see. What we need, and I've said this for years, we do. And, and to be fair as well, Almiron in St Maximan, two lads that if you touch them, they're going to do 16 <laughs> somersaults. It's infuriating as an opposition fan. But we've been too nice, and I've been saying it for five years in the podcast. We've been too nice. Almiron does need to stop diving in the age of VAR, admittedly. Like I was all for it like last season, but um, gonna he's now. he's going to get himself sent off because um, he Almiron has got a bad tack on them as well. Mm. We kind of want these players who are going to give the referee and the opposition a bit of a hard time. Not like against Leicester, we just folded and died. Yeah. Um, I don't just really quick and short. I don't. I still don't think he's capable of playing in the back four. Unless mm. he, changed, he was poor when he came in playing in the back four, um, and then when he had another two centre backs alongside him, he's been an absolute revelation. And we need he, to get him tied down on a new contract because the contract he'll have signed on three three million pounds or whatever the sign the fee was, he's worth now. ten times that in the Premier League because yeah. he he has proved in the Premier League he can hack it at this level. Not only can he hack it at this level, he's a goal threat. I think he's spot on everything you said there. I think. Um, I, just to echo that as well, I, I think even Clark and Lascelles, I mean, they we just didn't give Manu anything and there were a lot of little niggly tackles. I mean, you, you were talking about uh, Rashford earlier. I mean, there was a moment there where he, he got his opportunity to have a run at Lascelles and nip, nip the ball down the wing. Lascelles, like to his credit, caught up with him and, and put in a sliding tackle and, and 
It was just anything they tried, they weren't getting. Matty James was getting pushed all over the shop by like Yedlin, put a couple of tattles in, Cher was like bullying him, um, just putting him on the ground. And, and you're right, it was like it, we made it really difficult for them and, and basically made it to the point where they, they didn't really want to try and try and take anybody on. Um, to the point where they, they were going missing. I mean, the, the midfield, okay, I mean, Fred wasn't exactly looking to play any balls forward, but even if he'd have tried, they, they were hiding. I mean, there were times where Matt and Pereira in the first half, I was watching them, they they would they, they had obviously quite a bit of possession, but they were doing nothing with it because these two players were literally just running to get marked by either Shaw or, or Clark. And um, it was just, it as you say, that five at the back works so well with these players because everybody knows the role and, and everybody's capable of, of doing the job and, and they will make it at like a, a place where strikers don't want to come into because you know you'll get a kick or, or a little nudge or something and, and just put you off. I think one of the most impressive things that, about Cher and the way that I think he's just he's just really stepped up. Like he's he's sort of got a, a bit more a lot more a lot more of authority within that team. Like he's he's leading by example. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's being the defender mm. to kind of to follow to look up to. I mean, he, at the end of the day, he's he's the international player in our team. That's a, a guarantee for his his side, and they've, they've played in big tournaments. So when you look at the sort of the um, the CV of our players, I mean, he is the one that's it's sort of got the most decorated. Um, sort of his uh, career so far, and I think that he should be really stepping up and, and leading by example. And um, as I say, hopefully a lot of the other players become shit houses. Mm. <laughs> sort of learning from him. But it's interesting, you know, the way that Share plays when he is sort of got a bit more of a sort of free reign to sort of bring the ball out. You know, we were talking before about the wing backs providing, you know, oh, almost right. having dual roles. You know that we've, you know, you. you see sort of other teams like sort of Sheffield United with their sort of um, overlapping centre-backs, all this kind of, you know, Cher's been, Cher's been jumping the ball out for, you know, for the last sort of like couple of seasons. And, you know, if you've got players like like Willems and Yedlin, granted they're wing-backs, they're supposed to do that. But, you know, you've, you've almost got like, and Cher getting forward, you've kind of got like, almost like three kind of defenders who become attacking threats. And it's like, before, we, with, the, with the attacking third, we were so isolated. Suddenly we have if we can find a system where we can find that support from, from the, from the, from the defenders, from, from wide positions, that's, that, that's going to have so much potential and it's going to, it's going to, it's going to make opposition teams have to stop and think about exactly what threat, you know, we can provide them. Um, we talked about Almiron a little bit. Let's just touch on, you know, he had another chance to, to throw on goal. Um, it almost looked like he probably should have just taken a first time chip. But it's almost like he was just trying to do, trying to find a more sort of safe um, opportunity to shoot on goal. And it's like, you know, is this is this really becoming a problem now, or do we just need to be patient and for him to find his place in a new system? How how do you how do you see it, Alex? It's a, it's a worry. Um, he, I'm sure he'll be worried about it. Uh, the incident you're talking about yesterday was. Brilliant. It was a brilliant ball by Sean Longstaff. A brilliant run, a brilliant first touch. All of those things there, there are lots of other players who play professional football in this country can't do. Like the pass, the vision, the run, the touch. The finish is probably the easy bit, and he's not getting that right at the minute. We, we need him to score five, ten goals a season min, minimum. You know, I've hopefully you know, told everyone listening how buzzing I am about yesterday, but we've still only scored four, four, five goals in eight games. That has to change. We are going to have to at least score a goal a game. Funnily enough, I looked at uh, who scored the least amount of goals in the history of the Premier League and stayed up. Do you know who it was? You won't get it. 
No, nah, well, it, it, silence isn't great for a podcast. So um, <laughs> it was Leeds United in 96, 97, scored 28 goals and finished 10th. That's crazy. That's 28 fit, goals? That's filthy. I mean, um, that was a different... Well, yeah, the, the score, no, 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 the goals, part, yeah, the, your team's at the top now yeah, score, yeah. but the was teams that, in the bottom don't score any more goals yeah, than yeah. then. How many teams were even in the league it's at that the same, point? Same as now. St- same it was as still now. 20, it's got, yeah, it's gone so down. I didn't know if it was like could, still like 22 or whatever. Like, I can know. imagine that being a hard watch. Um, we, we have to score goals and we have to score goals quite quickly. And, you know, I've mentioned there the fixtures coming up. We've got games against Wolves, Bournemouth, West Ham, Villa. Um, you know, that's the, all those teams keep picking up points and doing well and Bournemouth have dropped a bit recently so it's not going to be easy against them but we are going to have to score goals and Almiron is is going to have to be a fundamental part of that as is St Maxi Man on the other side you know those two we need a goal contribution from them I'd say we need a minimum of 10 goals between them this season Do you think that he scores one Almiron and the floodgates will open he'll sort of get his mojo because I keep I was chatting with somebody in the stands next to me and it was like he said, "Do you remember that first game?" He, I was just like, I, "I said, I think, I think about that miss, that that chip where he hits the post. I think about it all the time. Every time I, every time I see him on the ball, I'm just thinking, what? Would, it was such a sliding doors moment. What would have happened had he dinked the keeper on his, and you know, and, and, and stand celebrating <laughs> exactly, and then run off into the sunset." Exactly, scoring an unbelievable goal. The confidence would have been sky. He would have felt invincible. He'd in have probably league. retired at that I point. Mean, and if, would be screwed. As <laughs> someone who has scored goals at St James's Park, <laughs> if, uh, if Miguel would like, your to own get goal in Nets doesn't count. Yeah, I, like I, I don't know. I think he's the kind of player. And this is a positive about him. He's the kind of player that even when we are playing very badly, he still seems to get chances. Uh, he also creates a lot of his own chances. So that's positive as well. So I think he will score. I think confidence will come. It's just, uh, it's we need Miguel Almiron to kind of do everything he did yesterday and that's be an outlet, be sensible in possession, not give the ball away and also provide a goal threat. If he keeps on doing those three things, he's like crucial to this side. And, and if he keeps on doing those three things, goals will come. So, Well said. Um, how did you view... Joe Linton's performance yesterday. Um, obviously, he came off for Carroll fairly early, actually. Um, Five minutes. Right, so. do, do, do you think? Um, do you, could, do you think that he can be part of a successful attack? Can I just point out? Yeah, he came off early because he had back injury from training the previous day and there was a chance he wasn't going to start so only because I watched it on TV I didn't, able to, I didn't yeah, know that Martin Tyler so there's a chance Carl was actually going to start um, oh, but we, he got we, he just like Bruce was like yeah we've got a half out of him so oh, we, fair enough we thought we were talking to stands like that's really early I mean obviously the whole thing with Carl's meant to be is he going to be fit yeah. um, so we were a bit surprised by that I mean I, I thought he had a he didn't have a bad game um, I thought he was a good outlet again up, up front he, he was bringing the ball down sort of bringing it down his chest um, giving us a, an opportunity to, to counter-attack. I think probably more successfully than Carroll did. I mean, I know as a team, we probably had more chances as the game opened up when Carroll was on because it was the end of the game and both teams were pushing for, for that uh, win and the game became a bit more open. But um, I think he was probably a bit more successful in terms of the link-up play with, with Sir Maximan and, and just retaining um, the ball when we we clicked, we went long to the midfield and, and it gave us an option to, to push on. So I thought we had a good game. I mean, again, it's it's the same old, same old. It's all good and well in playing, brilliant in the centre of the pitch, but we we need him in the box. Um, he didn't get any opportunities, I suppose. It's not his fault. He just didn't didn't get. I think there was one cross. I think Yedlin um, dinged one at the back post, and he just he's just under it. It's just a bit too high, and he. 
licks it on. I think it goes to Jetro potentially at the back post too. Uh, I think we've got a corner out of it. Somewhere, but that it was it wasn't even really a chance. It was like a half chance. A good cross there. He could have could have been in in business. Um, but yeah, it's that we we need him getting in the box and and sort of finishing. There was a couple of times where he'd he'd, he'd played the ball off and then it was just Maxima and, and Almiron running through and you're thinking this isn't going to come to anything because there's there's nothing for them to, to, to sort of look for. So um, he's, a, he's a good player. He's got technical ability. He's big, strong. He's got a bit of pace. Um, I mean, I think what he might benefit from again is with, with the long staffs coming in, that there's that more opportunity of a forward pass to him. So he might... Um, it, He'll you'll get more chances of running in. I mean, we saw you talk about the Longstaff's ball to Almiron. We haven't seen that from Longstaff at any point this season. You can see he's grown in and, and the fact that he's got a bit of space now and he's he's finding his form again. He's going to be looking for those opportunities. So I think again, hopefully in games coming forward we'll we'll get more opportunities. Um but it's just it again, I think a little bit like Almiron, um, he'd benefit big time just from from a goal and and just just to get that sort of feeling, I mean, it, it is difficult because we're not a team that we're creating loads of chances, and we're not. He's not playing thirty percent of the game or twenty percent of the game, whatever. In, in the opposition's half, he, a lot of it is a, a defensive role in terms of just making a nuisance of himself and, and trying to get on sort of um, fifty-fifty balls and whatnot. So it's a difficult, a difficult job, and I get it. But um, I don't know. I think he. I, I still I've got faith in him. He's, he's a good. He looks like a good footballer and. I think, as I say, it's just one of those. He just just needs the chances. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think I think Maguire had the better of him yesterday. Obviously, you probably tend to, you know, <laughs> expect that uh, given Maguire's own pedigree. Even if he does miss a sitter at the other end, I just want to mention that again. Um, but I think you know, I, di- I didn't feel that Joe Linton won many headers yesterday. But actually, looking at the stats, he won eight out of 12 that he, that he, that he went for. But it got to the point where none of them were, were going anywhere. And actually, one of, the, one of the key ones that he, one of the key headers that he did actually win, everybody had stopped trying to gamble in behind him just because mm. they didn't expect him to sort of get there or do anything. Carroll won a couple more when he came on. Carroll won all of his headers coming on. But here, here we've got like a couple of target men um, I mean, yesterday we had we had three crosses in total. One of them was from Yedlin, which you mentioned to Joe Linton, and the other two from from each Longstaff, the Matty Longstaff on, which was you know brilliant little ball in for Carroll with, with that kind of diving header, which was did very well to make any kind of chance out of it. it was sort of a half chance, but you kind of think that if we are going to find ourselves more in the final third, and you'd like to think once we get over the, you know some difficult fixtures against some very, you know, some, some, some good teams, but we are going to still have to pick up points that we can maybe find ourselves in positions where we can get more crosses into the box and hurt teams that way because we kind of got, we've got, we've got, the, we've got strikers to do that. We're not playing Dwight Gale up front. We're playing two big lads up front. We need to find them more and try to, try to play to their strengths a bit more. If we've got the back sorted out, we've got a kind of a general um, platform of a, of, a, of, a, of an idea, of a plan, of a strategy, and that's when you can then think about, right, how are we going to continue to hurt people? How can we improve our attacks? What do you think, Alex? Absolutely spot on and crucial point you make about crossing the ball, like for all of St. Maximan's ability, and same for Almiron, they are not natural crosses of a football. The best crosses it looks like we've got in the squad, I'd say it would be Matt Ritchie, um, the two long staffs, um, probably... Sure. Probably, I was just about to say. Well, I was about to say John Joe. Probably, if he ever gets a game, 
and and share on all the journey. But you know, you're not going to get loads of crosses from your centre back. So, <laughs> you know, it, Matt Ritchie will be important for Joe Linton when he comes in. And I feel really sorry for Joe Linton because you sign for a huge transfer fee, you come to England in the Premier League, and you're basically being asked to play the kind of role Kelvin Davis played for. Kevin Davis played for Bolton. Kelvin <laughs> um, Davis, Kelvin, the keeper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so at the moment, but that that's what we need. That's what we needed yesterday. Um, and that and he, and, he, and he gets on with it. I do worry a little bit about his body language sometimes, um, and I appreciate his frustrations. I, I mentioned it last week about, you know, when Sean Longstaff put a terrible ball in, he, he was lip red saying, what the fuck was that? Um, yesterday, I noticed on TV as well, he was kind of get, getting a bit frustrated. But it is it is frustrating when you're, you're running literally miles um, to to not receive the ball to feet. He's just been he's been starved, and he and he has been for games and games and games. Someone and like you say, him. he he wants to show people what what he's good at and what he can do. Mm-hmm. But he's very very rarely in a position where he's got the ball at his feet and he can actually. It's just it's just, I mean, it's let, just he just does not get the ball in the box. Yeah, let, let's get it in our it. box, defending corners, right. but not. I mean, let's, let's be honest, he's come to Newcastle United to further his career in the Premier League and, and move on to bigger and better things. He's not going to do that if he's not scoring. Um, so that's probably, obviously, in the back of his mind. But I think, I'd, yeah, everything we've been saying here, it, 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 give him chances, he will score. He's got ability. Um, I mean, the, you, you saw in the opening game against Arsenal that he showed some brilliant feet in the box and got that shot off that went straight down the keeper. But he, he's got ability there. If he gets the chance, it's just a case of, of finding him. Um and yeah, I think it's as as you say. I mean, we we were laughing all game. I mean, me and Sarah were saying, literally, just put it high to Carol. Like that's all we needed to do was just go along. And yet, every cross was either along the ground or like just didn't didn't beat the first man or whatever. Um, and yeah, I think again that'll come just players getting used to sort of what, what we need to do. And, and as I say, it really Jolinton as well probably needs he needs to make an effort to get into the box. I think. He plays too much of the game outside, with, like getting there. With everyone fit, there is a bit of competition, which we've kind of said from the start of the season, and everyone hasn't been fit and might never be fit. But, <laughs> you know, the fact that Muto didn't even get on the bench yesterday, when I would have probably called for his inclusion, um, would have been wrong because we won the game and played really well. Uh, you know, the fact that Key Fernandez don't get on the bench, I'm sure they aren't happy about that as senior pros. Um but you have to you have to say that we got it you got it right yesterday the manager with the cause and you hope that when everyone is fit and if they stay fit and you'll always have injuries and players suspended no Hayden yesterday but would Hayden have got on the bench um, or would Hayden get on the bench next time so that should drive up the general performance and particularly among the strikers the fact that Joe Linton if, if you do get chances and you don't take them well Dwight Gill will have your place and if he can't do it Muto's going to be snapped at his heels because he needs to play and then you've got Andy Carroll Big Andy Big Andy so that that should help us, and there are options then. Again, a credit Steve Bruce yesterday. It didn't work. It definitely didn't work in the last two games against Brighton and against Leicester. So we chucked in some other players that at his disposal. And yeah, in an ideal world, you wouldn't be doing that eight games in a Premier League season. But if you're in that position, and for whatever reason, that's what you've got to do. That's all you can do. He did that well. So that was quite bold from him. And that's maybe what it needs as the season progresses. Because I'll say it again, as happy as I am, um, when Bournemouth and Wolves come, and particularly teams at the bottom, we are going to, I mean, we've already failed to, to take a win from either Brighton or Watford. We are going to have to create a lot more chances whilst maintaining that game plan, which everyone seems to be comfortable with. I mean, that, we, we when we did the preview on, uh, I think it was Thursday or Wednesday, um, I mean, we said, really, Tom Bruce to, to find his, his team. 
and I think there's been a lot of chopping and changing. He's he's tried things and they haven't worked. I suppose to his credit, he's still searching and he, he might have come across it. And I, obviously, I made the comment earlier at the start of the podcast about him stumbling on it. But it, it this is the f- the first time he's come come to this combination. It's it's worked. Let's hope he sticks with it and let's see where they can grow from here. But it's a good platform, I think. This, this that eleven. There's a lot of potential in there. There's a lot of different um, sort of facets of the game that looks really good. Um, and you look, you look at that team, and it looks like looks like there's there's something there. Whereas you wouldn't have said that in some of the previous games. So we've, we've got to build on this. And as you say, we've got some tough games coming up. But um, I don't want to see any humpings. I want to see we're challenging in games. Yes, we're probably going to lose some games, but that's not the end of the world. Like as long as we stick to this this sort of idea of how we're going to play and, and start to develop some partnerships and positions and 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 have moments in games. I mean, that's the thing under. I mean, I don't want to keep going on about Rafa, but staying in games is is massive. And okay, we we had our opportunities in the first half yesterday. It didn't come off. Like just stay in games and you'll come about it. And I think that was the disappointing thing with Leicester was we we just rolled over and and didn't really try to sort of impact the game at any stage. We did it really well yesterday. Let's let's kick on from there and keep doing that. I agree. Um, and you know. With eight games gone, we are three points behind Spurs, one point behind Man United. Top Pick, four, here we picking come. up picking up results against our relegation rivals. That's, <laughs> and that's if and if we would if Steve Bruce was to do the unthinkable and go to Stamford Bridge and get a result, a win, we'd only be three points off behind Chelsea. I as mean, well. there's, there's there's goals in in that Chelsea team as well, for and against. So uh, that could be an exciting game. Lads, I'm going to end it there. Thank you very much for your time, Ben and Alex. And if you like what you've heard. And you want to have a have a, a try in our patron uh, content, as Alex mentioned before, about seven, well, seven dollars um, of your, your hard-earned dollars. Um, we'll go. We've got loads <laughs> of exclusive um, behind the paywall content for you, um, even more um, reaction and podcasts from all the group. So, thank you very much for listening. I've been your host, Adam, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.